0: You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with J&J. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sewing and Growing podcast. I don't know where you're at right now, but we are moving through summer. And recently I woke up and I walked out and I'm like, I sense the first stirrings of fall. I don't know if you felt this. What? Yes.
1: Yes. I went to take a drink of coffee. There was nothing in there. Thankfully, so, because I would have spit it
0: out. I I feel it. And maybe you get these moments. I don't know. I'm saying that's crazy to feel. You get out certain days, and maybe it's the clouds moving in. Maybe it's the position of the sun, but you start to sense falls right around the corner. And I've had my first stirring of that. Thank you. Man. I'm glad that there was no coffee because yeah. I'm wearing a white shirt. Yeah, you are. And you would have nice seen white, not white coffee. <laughs> there is white coffee. You ever had white coffee? No. What is white um, coffee? Me, who was telling me about white coffee? I was at a conference in New Hampshire and somebody was telling me about white coffee. Hmm. Can't remember exactly what he was saying. It's not mushroom coffee, but have you had green coffee? No. That's extremely highly caffeinated coffee. I have, I have that.
1: had mushroom coffee.
0: How is it? It's
1: great. I mean, it's it, it's mushroom added to actual coffee. It's not. I don't think there is just purely mushroom coffee.
0: There's that thing on Facebook all the time that's just mushrooms, isn't it? Have you You're seen like the mud water? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you seen a mud water advertisement? Seriously, or cachava. Yeah, cachava. Oh my goodness! Wild. But green coffee is like, I think it is a coffee bean that hasn't fully gone so it's still green and they make coffee out of it i had it in okay san diego and it was was jasmine. it was it bitter it was bitter yeah but it was i still liked it, it know, tasted like tea okay. it tasted like tea so tea's a little better dude you don't know how crazy
1: like there's such a difference between like the same type of bean but if you just grind it fine or coarse you'll pull out sweet notes you'll pull out bitter notes it's wild how different you can get a cup of coffee to taste just by, like, the the method in which you put water through it. If it's under pressure or not, I'm, how long? I'm it's a under French pressure. press guy. I know you are a French press guy.
0: Just got a new French. And so press.
1: we were, we are in agreement about this. But there are people, and maybe because I'm not like a, I'm turning into a coffee connoisseur, but I'm not a coffee coffee snob yet. And by the grace of God, I won't be. I won't be. But we were coffee. both agreeing that like people who are like, oh, you should try our pour over. I'm like, that's the same thing as a drip coffee maker. Like it. it literally, you're just doing all the work. Like,
0: which sometimes the work's therapeutic. We yes, can agree with that.
1: Yes. So I agree with that.
0: We don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But they're you- not
1: saying do this for therapy. They're saying oh, this is so much better than a you know a bun drip coffee maker and i, I don't understand why i don't the, understand the principle is the same it's literally the
0: the machine is taking the water and pouring it over the grounds for it, you it might be the speed at which you pour this the motion because i know when you do a pour over you're supposed to do circular motions yep and you're not supposed to get too close to the side because yep. it'll drain too quickly mm-hmm. if you're in you a want bun, it to drain evenly if you're a bun it's not doing all that okay now
1: that i think about it a little more instead of casting judgment without giving a thought to it I can see maybe how it might be a little bit very similar. Because with espresso, what you need to do is like if you don't compact your grounds evenly, you'll get what's called channeling. So water will pass through a part of the puck way faster. And then you'll get like one area that is really like watery on the right side and one side that has very little water coming through it. And anything that comes through it is very bitter. So you get a very uneven flavor. So you got to compact it. It's probably the same way with pouring in circular motions and not getting it on the edge because you're going to create channeling.
0: There you go. Maybe. All right.
1: Maybe there is some credence to... Is that the right word? Some Maybe there's some credence to the Clearwater. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a revival happening because Glory! of... It. <laughs> clear, clearance, Clearwater
0: revival. All right. Praise God, man. Yeah. We, we have t- you
1: seen the... Um, have you seen... It's like a reel on Instagram and it was like, if Luke Combs led worship and they're singing Rattle... But the intro is like, No, but I would like to see that video. And the guy's like, (laughs) Saturday was silent. (laughs) And it's so country. And my comment on that was just, hallelujah, yeehaw. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. Mario sent it to me.
0: That's funny. Um,
1: Anyways, I don't know why I'm talking about that. Um, What are we talking about today? Uh, What am I talking about We're
0: talking about being a man but it's not only for the men yeah is that kind of (laughs) yeah i was thinking
1: i was thinking i mean this is a few weeks removed from the men's conference but i had the honor and the privilege um and the opportunity obviously um of speaking at a breakout session at our uh men's uh 2023 stand tall men's conference this year um and i really talked my title of that message was pillars of strength return to masculinity i really don't want to exclude or ostracize or um, you know, make this not about women. I really still think that I'm going to talk a, a lot about what I said in this breakout, and I still think a lot of it is apl- applicable um, to the women as well. Um, it might be eye opening. You might understand your husband better, maybe because of it, or or you might be more confused. Hopefully not. Um, either way, I think the content of this message will be interesting and appealing.
0: The bare minimum. You can pray for men based off of the things that you hear through this podcast that are beneficial for men.
1: Yes. There is some interesting history um, behind where we're at now in society, and I'll talk about that too. And I think that's fun information. I love learning about history, and I think you're a man of history as well. I think you're the type of guy, when you grow older and you have kids and you're on vacation somewhere, you're going to stop and read the placards... You're gonna read them I'm already in. You're guy. gonna read them in full while yes. your kids are tugging on your shorts. And <sighs> they say, go. I dad, I want to climb on the rock, and I'm gonna say, You need to know why the rock is here. Wow. And this placard tells you.
0: It's actually painful to go through Texas because randomly throughout Texas, yeah. Texas has plaques all over like Texas history, Texas history. And I'll be like, Whoa, I should have stopped at that one. Yeah.
1: You know, the the train station in Redstone that they recreated has ton of great information on it mm. about how the old routes that they would take
0: redstone the mining town probably yeah. Yeah, that's it's cool. pretty
1: interesting man all right and Thank the you big for that. ovens in redstone coke too. ovens yeah all right so i uh, yeah i talked about pillars of strength really the whole premise of this the idea of this was to talk about why and, and you know where we've came from and where we've fallen to in society and how men really had a a role to play in the collapse of traditional masculinity. Um, So if you were in my breakout session, you're hearing this again. If you weren't at the conference at all or in my breakout session and you didn't get the digital download, you get to hear it for the first time, a condensed version. Um, If you wanna hear the full version of the message, you can hit me up and I'll send it to you. Um, But God really put this on my heart about four years ago Really, when I had when I had kids, um, nothing will change your perspective like uh, making a human and bringing them into this world um, and being responsible for them. So there's been this stirring in my heart for a while now, kind of a call to action to really begin to man up because I can see now more than ever, society needs it. My, my wife needs it. My kids need me to be the man of God um, that he's called me to be. So we started out this with... Uh, we started out this breakout and we all just broke out in a song. We, we all sang Bonnie Tyler's um, In Search of a Hero. Um, no, we did not. <laughs> uh, but I did talk about the lyrics because it's very interesting. So uh, Bonnie Tyler sang a song in 1984 for the movie Footloose. Have you seen Footloose? New yeah. version and old version. Um, but the lyrics are very timely. So I'm going to read the, the, the first part of this song here for you. It says, Where have all the good men gone? And where are all the gods? Where's the streetwise Hercules to fight the rising odds? Isn't there a white knight upon a fiery steed? Late at night I toss and turn and dream of what I need. Um, So she's painting this picture of really putting a demand to draw. She needs a man to come and rescue her from the situation she needs it she she's really asking where 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 are the men so in modern culture we're progressing in a lot of ways but we've been witnessing the digression or the decline of traditional and i would say biblical masculinity so we in western culture we've seen this significant transformation and a lot of the traditional traits that we would attribute to masculinity are now called toxic masculinity. And there is some, there is, there is some validity to that because I think that a strength overextended is a weakness. Um, and so there, you know, men are obviously stronger. And so overextension of that, you get abuse, you get overreach of power, you, you get oppression and things like that. So I understand there are legitimate concerns, um, when when we don't keep these things in check. But overall, there are some really great traditional values that we have now deemed um, toxic masculinity. So this shift in culture, I think, really took place in the 60s and 70s, and it was through a movement called the sexual revolution. Um, and I wasn't alive for that, uh, but I have heard about it, and I've studied about it, and I we're living really in the results of the sexual revolution. So really, it was, it was all about uh, sexual freedom for, and liberation for women. And I guess there might, we can argue about if There's good that came out of that, but there was a lot of unintended consequences. So in the name of women's sexual freedom, there was a lot of destructive ideas that were introduced. So we've got what we call a a no fault divorce. Um, the birth control pill was introduced. We had a, a trend towards cohabitation instead of actually just getting married, um, abortion rights. Uh, we see, a a crazy uptick in in mass production of pornography. Um, We have decreased birth rates. uh, This whole idea of hookup culture and uh, uh, polyamorous uh, relationships, Um, and the list is a lot bigger than that. But um, before the sexual revolution, really women had, they had less freedom, but men were expected to assume responsibility for the welfare of, of women. Um, And today, women are more free to choose, and that's good on one hand, but on the other hand, men have really afforded themselves the same luxury, the same opportunity of choice. So, for instance, I'll I'll just give you an example. Um, You know, a man could say this, if she's not willing to have an abortion or contraceptive, the man can reason, well, you know, why should I sacrifice myself and get married? So, we made birth, uh, you know, the birth of a child, the physical choice of of a woman, um, but really the unintended consequence of that was, you know, now child support is the social choice of the father. So really in the sexual revolution, we have a severing between fatherhood and manhood. We separated them. And what that really caused was was this fleeing this Exodus by men away from responsibility. Um, so, you know, we want to deliberate women and in some regards. It's like, great. Yes. But really men took that opportunity to, to flee away from responsibility um and so i said this in the in the in the um in the breakout without authority or without responsibility you don't have authority um authority really is the reward of someone who takes responsibility and we can see this even at the beginning of time we see this in creation in the garden um with the original sin and adam and eve you know they eat of the fruit god comes to adam and he says hey what happened? And Adam immediately shifts the blame to the woman. He says, it wasn't me. It was this woman that you gave me. So he talks to Eve. What happened? She goes, it was the snake. So what happened was the buck kept getting passed responsibility, kept getting pushed onto the next person. And really it stopped, you know, the buck stops here. It stops with, with Satan. And ultimately who got authority in the earth? Satan did. So if you pass on responsibility, you also pass on authority. Shout Um, out to
0: Pastor Mark, right? Yes, yes, that's a quote from
1: Pastor Mark. So responsibility is taken, authority is given. So the modern man has increasingly abdicated more and more responsibility away. And the whole goal of the enemy here is to keep boys from growing into men and men returning back to boys. And there's a book on this subject that I've barely cracked. I got the audio version of it, but it's called Men to Boys, The Making of Modern Immaturity by Gary Cross. And he talks about how all of this happens. It's really a kind of a war on men to infantilize them. It just means keep them as boys. And the reason why children are easy to control is because they're immature and they're weak. So if we can get men reverting back to boyhood, we can control them. Um so here's an interesting fact that I really <laughs> that I really thought was interesting. Um there's a man who served in World War 1. Um he's he's um I believe he's British. His name was Sir John Glubb. Um he's famous and after he his time in the military, he studied the greatest empires in the world and he wanted to see their similarities and their differences and so he compiled you know a list of 20 great empires you've got the assyrian empire persian roman arab the ottoman empire all those empires the british empire Um, and he saw that all of them lasted on average about 250 years Um, and they all kind of repeated this same cycle six stages of development actually really they develop kind of in the first half, but then they begin to meet their demise in the second half and really the last stage, the sixth stage is what really what we would say the proverbial nail in the coffin for these empires. And I thought it was really interesting. so we'll go through them real quick. Um, we've got six stages here of empires that only lasted 250 years. So you got the first, I'll list them real quick. you got the pioneer age, the conquest age, the commerce age, the affluence age intellect age and then finally the age of decadence so what happens in the pioneer age is it's really you know it's the first step It's the step into the unknown they're they're acting like elsa and frozen too into the unknown they find land they establish themselves it's the it's they're brave. We love this age, pioneer age. Then you get the conquest age where they start expanding their territory, right? During this age, outbursts of conquest, aggressive nations gain power. Um, their energy and their courage lead to succession, expanding their empire. Um, this is also known as the war age or the blood age. Then you get into the age of commerce. Society's starting to settle. Commerce begins to flourish. Businessmen are, are, are setting up their businesses. Defensive walls are built um, and values shift towards uh, – selfishness and materialism. And that leads into the age of affluence, which is really the age of extreme wealth. That's what affluence means. Wealth and comfort leading to a decline in the qualities that originally brought that nation success. So this is the research of Sir Arthur or Sir John, wait, what's his name? Sir John Glubb. So then you come into the age of intellect. People prioritize intellectual pursuits, um, uh, conflicts within the empire they deepen and they start to weaken from the inside and the empire becomes self-absorbed and indulgent and this excessive expansion really kickstarts its downfall. And then you come into the last age, which is very interesting, the age of decadence. It's marked by pessimism, frivolity, and it it's a shift in who the masses idolize. So he realized this, that they begin to move away who they idolize. They move away from actual heroes and they start idolizing Um, athletes, actors, and musicians. Wow. So, immoral lifestyles influence society and the empire exhibits a moral decline in vulnerability. So, we as America right now are really living in the age of, of decadence. And Paul warned Timothy about this in second Timothy three, you know, he says in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. He goes on a really long list, unthankful on holy lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. Um, and he says from these people, uh, these, these people you need to run away from. So he's describing the age of decadence. So, uh, I'm reminded of a quote, um, from a book called Those Who Remain. Um, His name is Michael Hopf. He wrote this book. I haven't read the book, but I've heard the quote so many times and I needed to know where it came from. But he says this, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men and weak men create hard times.
0: Rinse and repeat.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of an unintended consequences of... Good men creating good times. What that happens is now you create a lifestyle convenience and men, if they're not trained up in the way they should go, take that convenience to advocate responsibility and it creates authority. You lose authority and the cycle takes
0: authority over you.
1: Yeah. And the cycle repeats. And so in America, this quote really rings true. And, you know, earlier in July, we celebrated our birthday and America's 200 and, I believe 246 years old. Um, So I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I don't think we're going to collapse in just a few years, but it's a very interesting statistics. You know, correlation doesn't always equal causation, but you need to understand, you need to understand history. Otherwise it repeats itself. All right. Interesting stuff. Uh, My introduction to this is very long. I'm sorry. I'm trying to streamline my notes here. It's good. It's great Um, material. So why such an attack on men? Well, where men go, society follows um, and it's just, it's proven itself throughout history and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to really talk about the patriarchy um, or you might be thinking I'm talking about patriarchy. I am in, 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 in a traditional sense because I think patriarchy, the modern, the modern uh, description of that is men oppressing women and children.
0: That's not what you're talking about. That's not what I'm
1: talking about. I'm really talking about men following God and leading their families. Um, I think that's the real traditional God. Definitely talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely talking about that. Um, And here's some interesting statistics. And I'm not saying this to belittle women at all. Um, These are facts that I got from Focus on the Family, um, um, which I thought were really interesting. Um, You know, the number one, and, and you've heard people say this before, I believe you've heard people say this before. You know, the number one deciding factor on a child's future success is if both parents are in the home. Um there's a crazy t- statistics about single motherhood and where that child goes. And it's not the mo- it's not her fault. It's God designed the nuclear family to be the it's best not who version. She is, it's right. who's
0: not there. It's who's not
1: there. Here's the crazy st- statistic. When only the father attends Sunday school, 55% of children attend when when they're grown. As opposed to the mother, which is only fifteen percent, um, and if the mother is the first to become a Christian in the household, there's a seventeen percent probability everyone else in the household will follow. However, when the father is first, it's a ninety-three percent probability. Wowzers. Um, that's crazy to me. That's so it's huge kind of it's kind of giving some some foundation to that statement I said where where men go, society follow. It's even down into the nuclear level of the man is the leader of the home. And I'm not saying that there's not co-leading. It's amazing
0: power that men have. Yes. But hey, going back to Spider-Man, there's we're, a huge responsibility. If yeah. really us, you and I being present as godly men, God's going to hold us accountable. Yes. So it's not just that we're we're not better than women. No. <laughs> to be honest, no, I don't necessarily want that weight, right. but it's there.
1: Yeah, it is there um you know men I'm not are gonna
0: be a boy nah, we'll no take don't,
1: it don't be a boy men are physically and physiologically designed to lead and again i'm just repeating myself i'm not saying that women cannot lead in, in, in a nuclear family in my family me and my wife we discuss things together and we make decisions together
0: teamwork makes the dream work. Um, but
1: here's the difference when something goes wrong god is going to hold me accountable Right. That's where you. So like you just said, God is is already holding you accountable. So it's time that men really assume that responsibility, because whether you like it or not, you will be held accountable. Um, And when men are weak, those around them suffer. Um, So uh, the strength of a man covers the weakness of a woman and the strength of a woman covers the weakness of a man. And we could get into the areas that women are strong in, you know, really. We talk about empathy and the whole nature versus nurture and motherhood and and taking care of the home. And those are things that men historically have been bad at, practicing empathy, the nature versus nurture aspect of it. That's why Paul tells uh, fathers, right? Um, oh, gosh, I just forgot the word. Uh,
0: Don't the word? provoke your children to wrath.
1: Yes, there's another word I'm thinking about. Um, but he's saying, you, you have a really great point on this about the, the role of uh, the role of mothers and fathers and the mother can help the children understand the father better you told it to me
0: i have no oh recollection it was so good knowledge.
1: it was so what good. are you
0: trying to think of more than provoking your children wrath is that what it says
1: um i, I, Ephesians word, six, I, I know like, that the word's not disparage it's there's it there's a certain word
0: translation. are you? I don't know,
1: but we were on a podcast and you said the reason why he tells the moms to do this is because the dad can be kind of harsh and the mom's role is to help the child understand the father. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I I barely, it's (sighs) starting to come back. If it comes back to me in a fuller degree, I'll express my previous thoughts.
1: Okay. So, um, uh, both genders have a very specific role. And the lines become blurred when when either gender starts to cross the line too much. So what we have is, and Pastor Mark's made this example before. You know, he puts his hands in front of. In front of each other. He says a strength covers a weakness. And if a strength is covering a strength, it's, it's when you put your hands together and they're not intertwined, you have gaps. And so if a man is trying to overreach in a woman's strength, what you have is a strength covered by a pseudo strength or a weaker strength. Really, he's not really designed to operate in that role. And what happens is now there's a big gaping hole in a weakness. And that's how marriages and families break down. That's even how societies break down.
0: Sameness isn't strength.
1: Right. No, it's not at all. And I'm not saying stay in your lane. There are definitely areas of crossover, but there's specific functions that men have that they're built and designed for, and that women have, women have that they're built and Can designed for. Can I just
0: for. say this? And I don't want to throw you off, though. But yeah. you know, I do some cooking and cleaning. If your wife is still working, I think you got to share some responsibilities. Yes. Yeah. And I don't have any problem with that. Right. Sometimes I'll, you know, I'll do things that some people would think would be more pink jobs around the house. Yeah. Well. Honestly, I think a very blue job is to bring in income and my wife yeah. is still doing that to some degree. Right. So if there's guys that are similar to my boat where you're dual income, pick up some of those responsibilities. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to say and that. And
1: so there's a really extreme viewpoint on this where they say like, Hey, if a, woman's still, if, a, if a woman is still working, then she's not submitted to her husband and you shouldn't allow your listen, I'm not going to get into all that. If your wife wants to work great. And if you, and in your situation, you know what they call you? Dinks, Dinks. dual income, no kids. Here's where it gets to be a problem. If the woman working causes the man to re- flee from responsibility, that's, ah, that's the problem. There. Nice And that's really more of a problem in the man's heart than it is the woman working. So I'm just going to say that. All right. Keep going, man. All right. So across all cultures, we, uh, men, there, there's been three pillars of masculinity, um, that, that, men have to uh, uh, take up it's procreate provide and protect and all three are are shared to a certain degree um, procreate and provide especially but the least shared of all three of these I believe is the protector role and that's where men should really excel and so as men men are called to protect and maintain their kingdom um, and so maybe you're single and you're listening to this and you go "Well, I don't have a wife and I don't have a kids well you do have a kingdom um, um, that's what god has given you i mean your own body is a temple so how are you protecting and maintaining your own uh spiritual strength your mental strength even your physical strength um and when it comes time to expand your kingdom as a single man if you don't understand these concepts now it'll be really hard to expand your kingdom when when that opportunity comes so it's a great thing to practice even now so as men we're called to protect and maintain our kingdom um So some points that I wanted to give, um, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, I'm reading in the ESV, it says this, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. Uh, So these were the points that I gave the men um, real quickly. Number one is to wake up. Um, Wake up. You need to be alert and aware and watchful of what's going on in your life what's going on culturally what culturally what's going on in your church what's going on within your marriage in your children's lives in your business in your own emotional spiritual and physical state um and this is really important because you cannot manage this is a pastor mark quote i added to it cannot manage what you cannot measure and you cannot protect and maintain what you don't regularly observe so i don't i don't i don't know that there's a breach in my wall if i'm not walking the perimeter of the wall daily so your kingdom is what God's given you control over, or not control, but uh, <laughs> authority to protect and maintain what He's given you. Charge and responsibility to maintain um, your 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 wife, your children, the people around you. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up, right? Um, here's a and quote. isn't that
0: a sign of immaturity? Yes. Come on, middle school boys trying to wake them up in the morning. God, it's probably, <laughs> right. It's punishment to me to have yeah. to do it.
1: Ezekiel 33, 6 in the message says this, but if the watchman sees war coming and doesn't blow the trumpet, warning the people and war comes and takes anyone off, I will hold the watchman responsible for the bloodshed. The watchman is responsible. As a man, God's holding you accountable to be a watchman, whether you like it or not.
0: So if I say to God, God, I didn't even see that coming. Ooh, that's an admission of guilt. Yeah. So that's the first point. That one took me out from. I had no idea that it's was like, coming. Well, you weren't walking the that's wall. That's not an excuse.
1: You weren't walking the wall. Ouch! Come on. Number two, stand up. Right, he says, stand firm in the faith. So in a modern age, we are seeing a lot of people succumb to this idea of cancel culture, where people are re- retracting statements and even beliefs to say, you know what? Because I got pressure from the message, the message, uh, <laughs> the masses, or from society, I'm going to back down. From what I said, I believed, and it's creating a culture of cowards. And I was thinking this, like, why do we have cowardice, right? The reason why we have cowards is because we have people with no convictions. Um, Convictions means fully convinced. And that's that whole idea. And we've talked about this before, head knowledge, heart knowledge, agreeing with something versus truly believing it in your heart. When you just agree to it mentally, when someone kind of challenges you, it's a lot easier to back away from it because it hasn't become a conviction yet. So we need men who read the word of God and are convicted by it. And it's something that resonates in their heart, not just a principle in the brain.
0: If you don't stand for something, you'll You'll fall fall for for anything. anything. And I was just thinking of the writer of Hebrews, my soul takes no pleasure in him who draws back. Yeah. So come on.
1: And point number three, man up. You know, in a lot of modern translations of that, it just says be strong and courageous. But the original translations, the actual wordage is quit ye like men. So, it's not saying, hey, like if you're having a hard time in basketball, just quit like a man, just do it. No, quit is the shortened verb. Come on, I can speak. The shortened form of a quit, which means to behave. So, he's saying behave like men. Um, You know, we look at the ultimate example of manhood, just looking at Jesus. Um, And Pastor Mark touched on this once in in prayer, and I really liked it. And I used it here. He said, uh, you know, the Bible says that Jesus was meek and lowly or humble of heart. And he said this, that meekness is really power under control. Um, So I love that idea uh, of power under control. You know, we see this when Jesus was even tempted in the wilderness by Satan. He, you know, he really was trying to give him an out. Um, And Jesus could have, he could have, he could have succumbed to those, those temptations. He could have destroyed whole empires. But he didn't, and when I think of outbursts of rage, and outbursts of rage happen when a man doesn't know his purpose or doesn't have a purpose. Jesus really, he had a purpose, he had a goal, and he, anything that was not in line with that purpose, he didn't give any attention to, and I even think, you know, when he flipped tables over in the temple, that wasn't an outburst of rage, it was very purposeful, and you think why, well, they were misusing and abusing his father's temple, and so he—it was really a release of power. He was protecting the kingdom. So men who are meek, you know, the, meekness is power under control. They know when to control power and when to release power, and it's purposeful release and of power. And they
0: have the ability to do it.
1: Yes, and they have the ability to do it.
0: You know, somebody who's timid but has no ability to stand for anything, right?
1: So I was thinking about, there's a statue in Florence, Italy, um, and it's a soldier, and he's wielding a sword, and it has this Italian inscription on it. And the inscription says this, non mi snudare senza ragione, non mi impugnare senza valore. And what that means is, do not draw me without reason, and do not sheathe me without valor. So men need to know when to control power and when to release it. Um, And Jesus also you know, he died for our sins. We all know that. And I think of peak masculinity um, is really self-sacrifice, putting others before yourself. So when we read that again, when it says Jesus was meek and lowly of heart, it says he had his power under control and he was self-sacrificing. I'm like, man, that's, (laughs) hey man, that's who you need to be. Hey man, that's man. Hey man, that's man. That's manhood. (laughs) that's masculinity right there and number four power up dude i don't know if you want to turn this into two parts we totally can otherwise i don't want to go an hour here because I'm, I'm already, okay I'm, already two at, parts. I'm already at 32 minutes um number four is power up so he says to be strong increase your strength um power up and we do this um, by tapping into the same power that raised jesus from the dead it brings life or it quickens our mortal bodies um it's the spirit of grace and the spirit of grace and this is another passion mark quote it meets you at the point of action so when you choose to operate in obedience when you just choose to do the thing that you know god's calling you to do grace meets you at that point when you just say you know what i am going to protect i am going to provide i am going to be the man that god calls me to do that first step of obedience god meets you with grace and that's how you do it because the standard of manhood is jesus he's perfection we can't do that on our own it's impossible But when we access grace, we just choose. We make a conscious decision in our brains, right, to just do it, be obedient. That's where grace comes. Um, So that's all out of 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. Um, I'll touch on this real quick before we leave. So I was saying, hey, like, just choose to be obedient. Like, choose to do it, and then the grace comes. Um, So for men, a lot of times boys, um, people in their, in their youth are not becoming men. We call this um, arrested development, right? There's a show uh, and there's even a movie called failure to launch. You know, that's why we get people in their thirties still living with their mom and dad because they're waiting to feel like a man before they start acting like a man. And conventional wisdom would say, Hey, you need to first feel like doing something before you do that. So this is, this is, um, this will be advice for anyone, not just men. So if you're a lady listening to this and you say, man, he's talked about men for 32 minutes. I'm sorry. This point applies across the board. Conventional wisdom says feel and then do feel and then do. Um, but if you're waiting for that feeling to come before you act on something, you're going to be waiting a very, very long time. So for men, you know, uh, that means they put off a lot of responsibilities. They put off careers, they put off starting a family, they put off community involvement because they're waiting to feel like a man. Um, so we see a really great example of what what I think you should do in the Bible. In Exodus 24, Moses comes down from the mountain and he starts reading the book of the law or the book of the covenant to the Israelites. And it says that they all responded in unison with a quote, and this is actually read a lot out loud in the in in conventional Jewish teachings in the Torah. They have this all written out in, in Hebrew. And so there's this this Hebrew stays, uh, Hebrew phrase, and it's um uh which means we will do and understand. So the whole thing behind that is um I will do this even though I don't understand it. And in doing it, I have faith that I will eventually come to understand it. So it's by like following an outward ordinance, a change begins to happen within. And scientifically, this is backed up and we call this cognitive dissonance. So cognitive dissonance is when your self-perception and your outward behavior are not aligned and it creates tension in your brain. That's what dissonance means. And your brain doesn't like that. And so what it does is it closes the gap. And how it closes the gap is it begins to change its own self-perception to match the outward behavior. Mm. So the whole idea of do and then become is actually scientifically backed. So if you're waiting to feel virtuous before you start doing something virtuous, you it, it won't happen. You do the virtuous act and then you begin to feel virtuous. So anything in the Bible that you read right? And I'm not trying to take grace out of it. I'm not trying to take God out of the equation, but you say like, I'm not there yet. That's fine. Start doing those things, do, and then become. Um, we see that um, scripturally and even scientifically. And that phrase again, that 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 Jewish phrase is which means we will do and understand. And I'll talk about that again, maybe in part two, but um, that's the first part of Pillars of Strength. Um, hopefully you got something out of it. Um, I went long. You, you can maybe give your wisdom of the day and then we'll, I'm going to do my
0: wisdom of the day off of what you just said. I, I really like that. I've never heard that I will do. And then understand. And I was praying with you, pastor Mark, the rest of the staff, those that come and join us at eight in the morning. And pastor Mark prayed out something that I've prayed out. I've said, I've heard said for as long as I've been in the church. And that is that we can't get God's will Our way. Our way. But then I had this thought, and I thought, maybe I can't get my will God's way. Mm. And that was an encouraging thing, that if I was concerned about, I just don't want to follow my will for my life, if I followed what was written out in the Bible, which is God's way of doing things, I would arrive at His will, not my will. So I can't get God's will my way, but I can't get my will God's way. So I'm going to do what the word says in the path. The word of God is not necessarily a, it's a way it's a light under my path. I will get his will. So I will do, and I will understand confident that I'm not going to get my selfish will God's way. So I'll follow the way and I'll get his will. That's good.
1: That's good. Um, I would agree with that. I love that whole idea of do and then become and the, the idea of cognitive dissonance. I'll, I'll say something else too, just that at the beginning, um, the idea of without, Responsibility. There's no authority, and I'm, you know, I kind of tailor, custom fit this towards men, but that that applies across the board. Um, Even when you talk about like um, mothers in the home, just even, even raising your own children, if you're not willing to take responsibility for them. Um, there's, there's going to be no authority, even when you're trying to advance in the workplace, it, you know, it's easy to take responsibility for things that go well, but when, when crap hits the fan and you don't want to take responsibility for that, I would, I would think that a good boss is probably aware of that. And it's like, you're not willing to take responsibility over that. So why would I promote you? Makes right? me think
0: of Jocko, extreme yeah.
1: ownership, extreme ownership, Jocko Willink. If you want to hear somebody who's dedicated to their craft, man listen to jocko willing um but yeah without responsibility there is no authority um and you don't have to be a man to ascribe to that statement um that, that applies across the board in pretty much any field of work um any situation in life you need to take responsibility for it and when you take responsibility it's the whole idea of god saying hey if you're faithful with little i'll give you i'll make you ruler over much um i butchered that statement but the principle remains you need to be faithful in the small things.
0: Maybe if you own it, I'll help you grow it. Ooh,
1: put that on a t-shirt and sell it. Please don't. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, come back next week for part two. Um, and ladies, again, I'm just saying this. Uh, I think there's some things you can get out of this. And I'm not, I am not saying that women can't lead and that women just need to play the background. I'm not saying that at all. So hopefully you got that out of what I said. And if you still need some clarity on it, hopefully I can give that to you in part two. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for both men and women and their roles, <laughs> uh, their unique, specific and powerful roles um, that you've given us. And when we uh, uh, play our strengths um, and we cover each other's weaknesses, that's how families thrive and in turn churches and communities and societies thrive father god when we understand what you designed us for so i pray father god that through this podcast and through uh uh, just you holy spirit you're bringing about a greater revelation of how we were designed to operate to function at our highest and give and bring glory to you Uh, we thank you for it we give you the glory in jesus name amen
0: amen looking forward to part two with you on the sowing and growing podcast with jay and jay